Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. We are broadcasting from the studios of the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. This is day 928 of our trek, and time for our Philosophy Friday series. Each Friday, we will ponder some of the basic truths and mysteries of life and how they can impact us in creating our living legacy. As we continue on with this trek that we call life, sometimes we have questions about life. So our Friday trek is a time where we can ask Gramps. Gramps will answer your questions that you might like to ask your dad or granddad, but for whatever reason, this is not possible. No matter how old we are, I know that all of us would like the opportunity to ask dad or Gramps questions about life in many areas. A couple weeks ago, we began a new series delving into what makes each of us respond as we do to life situations. Understanding this and how others may interpret life through their own paradigms will allow us to interact with each other with love and compassion. We begin with an overview of the Enneagram, specifically from a biblically-based perspective. Last Friday, we looked on how the Enneagram system works. This week, we'll explore a little bit deeper to the aspects of the Enneagram and why it is such a powerful tool in understanding ourselves and how it can help you to understand others that you might interact with or impact. As a review, the tool that we refer to as an Enneagram is a circle of nine interconnected points. Ennea referring to nine and gram referring to a drawing. Check out today's wisdom journal for a representation of it. When I discovered the depth of the Enneagram, it opened up a new horizon of understanding of myself first and also helped me to understand others better. The Enneagram is the most useful tool of this type that I've encountered for personal growth. Keep in mind, it is still only a tool. It cannot replace nor usurp the precepts that are found in God's Word. So the question for the next several weeks or months will be, Hey Gramps, why do people act or react to situations and circumstances in life differently? How can I gain wisdom to better understand myself and others so that I can love, serve, and minister to them in a deeper level? So today we'll look at the Enneagram system, the centers. The Enneagram is a three by three arrangement of the nine personality types in three centers. There are three types in the instinctive center, three in the feeling center, and three in the thinking center as shown in our wisdom notes. Each center consists of three personality types that have in common the assets and liabilities of that center. For an example, personality type 4 has unique strengths and liabilities involving its feelings, which is why it is referred to as the feeling center. Likewise, the 8's assets and liabilities involve the relationship of its instinctional drives. That is why it is referred to as the instinctive center, and so forth with all nine personality types. The inclusion of each type in its center is not arbitrary. Each type results from a particular relationship with a cluster of issues that characterize that center. Most simply, these issues revolve around a powerful, largely unconscious emotional response to the loss of contact with the core of the self. In the instinctive center, the emotion is anger or rage. In the feeling center, the emotion is shame. And in the thinking center, it is fear. Of course, all nine types contain all three of these emotions, but in each center, the personalities of this type are particularly affected by the center's emotional theme. Once again, you can see a diagram of this in today's wisdom journal found at wisdom-track.com. Thus, each type has a particular way of coping with the dominant emotion of its center. 
We will briefly explore what this means by examining each type, center by center. In the instinctive centers, eights act out of anger and instinctual energies. In other words, when eights feel anger building in them, they immediately respond to it in some physical ways, raising their voices, moving more forcefully. Others can clearly see that eights are angry because they give themselves permission to express their anger physically. Nines deny their anger and the instinctual energies as if to say, what anger? I am not a person who gets angry. Nines are the types that are most out of touch with their anger and instinctual energies, often feeling threatened by them. Of course, nines do get angry like everyone else, but they try to stay out of their darker feelings by focusing on idealizations of their relationships and their world. And ones in the center attempt to control or repress their anger and their instinctual energy. They feel that they must stay in control of themselves, especially of their instinctual impulses and angry feelings at all times. They would like to direct these energies according to the dictates of their highly developed inner critic, or we refer to as the superego, which is the source of their strictures on themselves and others. In the feeling center, twos attempt to control their shame by getting other people to like them and think of them as good people. They also want to convince themselves that they are good, loving people by focusing on their positive feelings for others while repressing their negative feelings, such as anger or resentment, at not being appreciated enough. As long as twos can get positive emotional responses from others, they feel wanted and are able to control their feelings of shame. Now let's look at threes. They try to deny their shame and are potentially the most out of touch with their underlying feelings of inadequacies. Threes learn to cope with their shame by trying to become what they believe a valuable, successful person is like. Thus, threes learn to perform well, to be acceptable, even outstanding, and are often driven relentlessly in their pursuit of success as a way of starving off feelings of shames and fears of failure. Looking at fours, they attempt to control their feelings of shame by focusing on how unique and special their particular talents, feelings, and personal characteristics are. Fours highlight their individuality and creativity as a way of dealing with their shameful feelings. Although fours are the types to most likely to succumb to their feelings of inadequacy. Fours also manage their shame by cultivating a rich, romantic fantasy life in which they do not have to deal with whatever in their life seems drab or uninteresting to them. In the next center, the thinking centers, fives have fear about their outer world and about their capacity to cope with it. Thus they cope with their fear by withdrawing from the world. Fives become secretive, isolated loners who use their minds to penetrate into the nature of the world. Fives hope that eventually, as they understand reality on their own terms, they will be able to rejoin the world and participate in it, but they never feel they know enough to participate with total confidence. Instead, they involve themselves in increasingly complex inner worlds. Six exhibit the most fear of all three types, largely experienced in anxiety, which causes them to be most out of touch with their own inner sense of knowing and confidence. Unlike fives, sixes have trouble trusting their own minds, so they are constantly looking outside themselves for something to make them feel sure of themselves. They might turn to philosophies, beliefs, relationships, jobs, savings, authorities, or any combinations of the above. But no matter how many security structures they create, sixes still feel doubtful and anxious. They may even begin to doubt the very people and the beliefs that they have turned to for reassurances. 
Sixes may also respond to their fear and anxiety by impulsively confronting it, defying their fear in an effort to be freed from it. Sevens have a fear of the inner world. There are feelings of pain, loss, deprivation, and general anxiety that the sevens would like to stay clear of as much as possible. To cope with these feelings, sevens keep their minds occupied with exciting possibilities and options. As long as they have something stimulating to anticipate, sevens feel that they can distract themselves from their fears. Sevens, in most cases, do not merely stop at thinking about the options, however. As much as possible, they attempt to actually do as many of these options as they can. Thus, sevens can be fine staying on the go, pursuing one experience after another, and keeping themselves entertained and engaged with many ideas and activities. Well, that's quite a bit to comprehend for today. I would encourage you to read through the Wisdom Journal for today to get a better understanding. We will wrap up today at this point. Next Friday, we'll explore what is referred to as the wings and levels of development, where we will see how bordering numbers may influence your basic personality type. While the Enneagram is a powerful tool to help us to understand ourselves better and also understand the perspective of others better, ultimately it should drive us to have more love and compassion both for ourselves and for others. We must realize that our source of truth comes from God and can be found in His Word. Let us follow God's example in Psalms chapter 103, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Join us next Friday as we explore further the Enneagram on our Ask Gramps episode. The information that we will explore will allow you to unlock who you are as we travel on this trek of life and discover more about yourself and others that you impact in God's kingdom. I know that you'll find these insights interesting, practical, and profitable in living a rich and satisfied life. Our next trek is Meditation Monday, where we will help you to reflect on what is most important in life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to in the past 927 treks or read the associated journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, then to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.